0: Welcome to the Prometheus Strength Podcast, where I, your host Zach Powell, talk about ideas around Olympic weightlifting. In today's episode, I talk about why I chose the format I did on this podcast, thoughts on designing complexes and using variations in those complexes, phases and periodization, what weight to begin at with newbies, and the question of today is what is the best frequency for the lifts? So the first thing I want to talk about in today's episode is why I created this style of podcast, Um, not just the podcast in general, but this style. So um, I think a lot of podcasts right now are interview based and I don't have a problem per se with the interviews, but I don't know that I really enjoy when the podcast hosts bring somebody on that they may disagree with slightly or that they have differing views on something and the podcast host is either dishonest or doesn't really give their own in-depth thoughts on the topic to be discussed. Now, not all interview-based podcasts have this issue, Um, but what I wanted to do with this podcast was to give my in-depth thoughts on certain topics. Also, I can't speak to a wide breadth of experience, but I wanted to give my thoughts on my own experience experiences that I have had working with people and not wait until I have those experiences here is my chance to give back my thoughts and I'm very open to them being incorrect or wrong Um, but I I don't want to wait uh, until I have you know 20 years in the sport or until I feel like I can have a voice I'm just going to have the voice and, and give people what my thoughts are and my reasoning behind the things that I do without waiting forever to do so. Um, and with that being said, if there's ideas that you have that are like counter to mine or if you have ideas that are supplemental to mine, I would love to hear them because I don't want to be so hesitant to give my opinions on things, and that's what these are, just opinions. Um, just because I don't have the, the pedigree that some coaches do. Um, but you know, I'm open to, to what people think and what people want to know. Um, and, and just not wait. I'd rather just, you know, develop my own, um, base of knowledge as well as sharing what I have experienced in, in the sport of weightlifting so far. So I just wanted to speak on that point, why I have the format that I do, and what I'm going to continue to do with my anecdotes and and opinions here. So, topic number one today is my thoughts on designing complexes and then using variations. When I first got into weightlifting, complexes were like the thing. Um, It's kind of died a little bit, so if you've started in the last two years, you may not have seen it. But there's literally, like, names for complexes before, or, you know, people would post on Instagram, of like, what's the weight you can do on this complex, or that complex? And I think that was great, like, there, there were utility to some of those complexes, but I, I think there was, like, it got out of hand, that's my opinion, it got out of hand. I literally saw somebody getting coached where the... <laughs> they had to snatch and clean and jerk in the same complex, and I think that the opportunities in which you would need that for somebody would be so far and few between. Like, I just I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't think of somebody that I would do that for. And and to be completely fair, this this level of this athlete was a a national level competitor at the time, but it just it, it like I, I don't know. I I think that complexes. They get this almost deification, like people think that there's something significant about complexes themselves. So I want to break it down. So a complex in in weightlifting might be, the definition of a complex would be you're adding multiple lifts to the same set. So whether that's a snatch, pull, plus snatch, or snatch, pull, plus snatch, plus overhead squat, something to be designed to help the athlete or athletes Learn parts of the lifts that maybe the snatch or clean and jerk by themselves don't do. I also think that some people just like uh, um, having complexity in their their training, and that's fine. But have some purpose to them. I, I think that it, it's randomness is not the point. Variation should not be based off of randomness. Variation should can still be purpose driven. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'm tied to a specific complex. I don't think I have like this. Oh, this is the best complex for X. Um, one that I'm using in my training with one of my athletes right now is power snatch plus snatch. So very simple. And the point of this is to teach, okay, we want to finish tall. So on a power, you have to look like really pull the bar higher because it's a power. Then the snatch is to keep that full extension that is required for a power, and then bring that to the snatch. Um, Another one that I really enjoy is, uh, or that, that I'm using right now for this same athlete, would be power clean, push, push, press, plus power jerk. So on power clean, push, press, and power jerk, the requirement is that you finish your extension on all of those lifts. And so that's what this athlete is needing in their training we're going to use lifts that can aid in that now with that being said people this depends on the athlete if the athlete doesn't learn how to finish their extension with those lifts you have to use different variations it's easy to get caught up in the okay if an athlete doesn't finish their extension use x lift or y lift but it's all athlete dependent, right? We're all learning a skill here. It's not, you're not plug and play. Um, athletes never are. Now, are there some lifts that are better designed for that? Absolutely. Like I'm not going to use a hang, like a hang above the knee to teach somebody how to improve their first pull. We would use things that improve their first pull. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it, um, on, on designing the complex itself, like really just structure it to what the athlete needs, what their weaknesses are. And that's, that's obviously a, you know, a, a duh thing, but I think that it's easy to just throw complexes in for the sake of randomness or variation, whichever you want to call it, but, but be, be very intentional when you're doing these things. Um, another, uh, so a, uh, Tangent to that point, um, one thing that I've really experimented and really enjoyed with programming is the idea of a governor. Um, so obviously, you're still we're stealing that from uh, you know vehicles. Um, so a governor on a vehicle would be capping the speed of a vehicle internally. So in this case, for weightlifting, um, in my training for myself, I was doing clean plus push press plus jerk. So, the push press was designed to govern the intensity of that lift. So, I, I discussed on a previous podcast the disparity between my push press and my jerk and, and my clean. I could My best clean ever was 150. My best push press at the time was 110. And then my best jerk was 145. Obviously, the governor of intensity there is the push press. So, you know, I couldn't go heavier than what my push press would allow. And the reason I really enjoy this is because then you can get the technique on the other two lifts while focusing effort on the weakness. So the clean, you know, obviously really easy, but we're getting technique in. The push press requires the most amount of effort. So we're going to put as much effort as we can into that lift. And then the jerk is going to be lighter in technique. The other thing is the push press is not, in this case, it's not extremely taxing. Um, And in general, I don't believe any one rep is all that taxing, even if it's a test. Um, I think that people get better over time, but that's for another point and another time. But I think that the governor can help an athlete, one, learn how to move better and improve their technique. But two, it modulates the effort in any single lift. So if that's a technique day for an athlete, the clean plus push press plus jerk, you know we're not, you're not gonna have a huge intensity on your clean or jerk if you had a larger day earlier or later in the week. Second topic today: so phases and periodization. Um, idea of periodization is that you have distinct or or relatively distinct. Points in time, um, points in time during a training block or training plan or career. Um, many different ways to do this. So whether that's a weeks block or months block or even days, you know, depending on how you think about periodization or how you change it. Um, but what I want to talk about is the idea of phase potentiation or um, you know phases over one's career, and this is going to stay high level as much as I can. So I have spoken before, right now I'm in a hypertrophy-focused block. I think something that, just my opinion, is that I, I believe that I've, because I haven't trained to build muscle over the past five years of my career, that's probably something that's been lacking in my progress over time. And, you know, traditional periodization would say that you go from hypertrophy to strength to power to peak, and then you have a competition but I don't think it needs to be that cut and dry. Um, let's just say you have an athlete that needs to put on muscle, somebody that is much smaller and they're way out from a competition, let's just say 12 months, a year. You know, With the coronavirus, it's not uncommon to not know when your next competition is. So stacking blocks that are general in um, like their training so hypertrophy would be general compared to very specific one rep snatch or one rep max snatch and clean and jerk. You can then, you know, focus the the training onto that athlete's needs. Um, and this isn't this isn't you know revolutionary either, but it's very I think very important because I think a lot of people just cycle through what is told because of they read periodization by Tudor Bampa and I was one of those people who who thought that, okay, I'm going to set myself up by hypertrophy, strength, power, peak. And it had to be in that order, and it had to be all the way through. But there's so much nuance being taken out of that. So, like, going back to the athlete that you want to get bigger, you can do something like six weeks or eight weeks, you know, ride it out, see what that athlete is enjoying, seeing how they respond to hypertrophy. And then maybe they get bored or you really have lowered the return on investment. Now we're going to switch it up. We're going to go to maximum strength. Okay, you're still going to have some hypertrophy during that that block, but maybe it's three weeks. We're just going to go, um, you know, lift a heavier weights, lower the reps, change things up. The athlete's giving more effort. Now we did three weeks of a uh, maximum strength. Competition is still very far out. Now we can go back to hypertrophy. We have options. And I don't know that all training blocks do that. They, they over time, the, you know, the athlete lowers volume, increases intensity, and boom, you should be ready. But I don't know that that's the recipe for success, especially if somebody responds really well to different types of training. So the other thing about phases in training is that I believe the not only will different athletes need different phases... As the athlete progresses in their training, they may need multiple bouts of the same phase. Once again, if, if an athlete has maxed out their potential, their strength, their power at the lean body mass that they have, they may have to string together more hypertrophy phases. Or if the athlete's really large and they move slow, maybe it's more power phases. What we do in the past will affect what we do in the future. We're athletes. We exist in time. We set ourselves up. And the idea of phase potentiation is, I think, flawed because they've it's backwards when described often. So phase potentiation would be saying the phase before is setting you up for success in the phase you are in now, and the phase you are in now is going to set you up for success in the future. The reason I think it's backwards is not that that isn't true, but because it's not the ordering of phases perfectly that gets the athlete where they need to go. It's what are you doing for that athlete now and their needs to set them up for success in future phases. If an athlete comes from powerlifting and they did a lot of bodybuilding training and they're they're overly muscular and they're only snatching 60 kilos and they're in the 102 class, they probably don't need a lot of hypertrophy blocks. So coming back to it every 16 weeks probably isn't going to benefit all that them all that much. If they have some psychological things where they want to be training like that, it's a different story, but we're talking about just the physiology and anatomy of it. We probably don't need to revisit that all too often. But that person may need maximum strength in the lifts and then coming back to power or being very general or having a whole block where it's just light technique work and moving fast focusing on moving well and flip-flopping those over time until their their relative strength in the snatch and clean and jerk improves enough to where it catches up to their maximum strength in their powerlifting then you start reassessing but i don't think it's because you've you know plugged and played like i said earlier where you set up the perfect program and that's what's going to make them successful or have the best peak. I think it's really tech or uh, athlete dependent, and then I think it's also where the athlete is then. So like I said, it can change per athlete, and it can change within the same athlete over time. Now the third topic, um, I actually had a great discussion with somebody at work the other day. She's probably listening to this, so um, she was she was wonderful during this discussion, and I think she she had a, a, a great point. And and this is actually something that I feel very passionate about. So she reminded me and I wanted to share it on the podcast. So because I do work in a, a commercial gym, I get the opportunity to work with a lot of beginners. And I love it. I really do enjoy working with beginners. I, introducing more and more people to the sport is probably the best thing about my job, and um, among many other things, but I really do enjoy that. And the I have gone through USAW coaching, and I've been coached before, and there's this idea that we need to start at the PVC pipe. And until you have mastered the PVC pipe, you can't go up. And I don't know that that's what I agree with. I actually, I know that's not what I agree with. Because I think that there is a threshold of weight where technique can start improving truly. And there's a ton of caveats that I'll get to through this discussion. But, but my response to her was that I start people as heavy as they can go on their first session. Now, before people lose their minds and you know light their hair on fire, the, the explanation of that, it really is when somebody comes to me and they want to learn there's there is a weight that is a good amount of weight and the PVC pipe is not for everyone and there, like so the barbell may be appropriate for somebody coming in so I begin somebody let's say with the snatch I, I begin with the muscle snatch and I just say you know I want you to feel what the bar is like over your head and this is with somebody with no experience, they've only seen a video, and they, they want to get into the sport. And I just say, get this barbell, I demonstrate, I say, get this barbell over your head like this, and I want to see how you move. And I would say, anybody that can muscle snatch the bar is set up really well. And now this is for an adult. If somebody can't do that, then I will take them to... Or Maybe, maybe they don't feel comfortable with that. Or maybe I just assess them and maybe they've never lifted a barbell before and they want to get into this. I'll take them to a body bar, something that weighs, weighs maybe 10 pounds. And I think that finding the weight that somebody can move with good technique is where you should begin. Or not where you should begin, but where I, I like to begin. I'm not telling anyone how to run their, their uh, coaching. But I do believe the PVC pipe just really is too, too light. Like, there's, there's a minimum threshold. Like, if you were trying to teach a child how to throw a baseball, you wouldn't start with a balloon, right? The, it's not the mechanics change with weight. And this is all the way up to the highest level. Your mechanics do change with heavier weight. And so, getting somebody where, you know, hey, maybe it is the barbell today. Or maybe we can throw some, you know, tens on each side or it's two and a halves on each side. But I don't know that it needs to go all the way down and all the way regressed for many reasons. One being psychological. People are there because they want to lift weight over their head. Second, I really do believe that we perform better with a minimum threshold of weight. Um, even when people say, okay, you need to go back to the basics. They never say, oh, you need to go perfectly snatch a, a PVC pipe. I know that they're, like it's a skill to move those lighter weights at perfectly but I don't need need to start there with everyone. Second, we're not in a country where we're trying to set up all athletes for the most amount of success later on. You know, some people just want to get started, enjoy the sport, not be perfect. And finding the lowest yet highest amount of weight somebody can move really well, I don't think that's a principle that even changes as we get heavier, right? The, that. As you get better, you do the same thing. The principle stays the same. Finding weights that you can move really well—that's it. So the PVC pipe is obviously a good teaching tool, but to automatically start everyone there, I just—I I don't know that that's where I—I I stand. It's—it's. It's, I think it's too much of a regression for really almost everyone, except for very very young athletes or very very weak athletes. So. That's just my two cents. Once again, like I think most people agree with that. Um, starting with something light enough yet heavy enough to feel the movement um, is really the, the best place to begin. And, and once again, back to the mechanics point, in weightlifting, we're managing our center of mass constantly. As the bar as the weight gets heavier, any deviation from the center of mass is going to change your moment arm during the lift much more. So, the, so you have to balance your leverages. If the PVC pipe is so, so light, any increase from there is going to be a much larger in percentage increase. And so we, your mechanics will change the second you add some weight or reduce some weight. And learning those things as you get better is going to result in, you know, whether it, it's improvement in your training or a decrement in your training. So, But to stay high level on this one is, I, I am of the belief that higher frequencies are better. Because this is such a technical sport, I really do believe that increasing frequency is probably a better tool than just to have lower frequencies. So, using an example of somebody who comes in three days a week, so a super low frequency for weightlifting, they're they're snatching and clean and jerking, they're they're, they're weightlifting specific three days a week. I don't think I would program somebody where they would just do all snatch work on day one, all cleaning work on day two, and then all jerk work on day three. I, I really do think that spreading it out. Getting more exposure to those lifts is probably better, but I don't know because I've also heard very great arguments for having one day where you can really dive dive deep into that lift and I'm sold on that too. This is why it's the question of the day because let's just say the week for snatch goes day one, we're doing, you know, uh, power snatch, day two, we're doing snatch high pulls and then day three, we're going to do our full snatches we're getting three exposures. But what if we did all of that on day one, we were cutting out enough time, we didn't have to get to our next exercises, we were just spending time to really learn the snatch. I think there's utility to that too. But what is going to help us in the long term? I don't know that that's what I struggle with the most. And so I, you know, I'm open to both sides and, uh, you know, I definitely think obviously it changes for per athlete situations, what somebody needs, but like to truly give it the, the best idea, you know, I'm, I'm more biased towards the increased frequency, but I don't know. I don't know that there is a better or worse in this scenario, and and I'm, I'm I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are, what you, what you guys think. Do you think it's better to have a specific day where you're really diving deep, or do you think that there's a utility to increasing exposures? And when is it appropriate? So, you know, send me comments. I, I want to respond and kind of go dive deeper into that. You know. All right. Thank you for listening today. Once again, you can find me on Instagram at zach powell. Um, leave a rating and review on Apple. This helps other people find the podcast and it, you know, helps me grow and, you know, get ideas out there. And once again, please comment um, and let me know what you guys think, what, what, you know, what ideas you have and what what more you want to, to learn about the sport of weightlifting. I'll see you guys next week.